Hey guys, I'm AP. And I'm your girl, Black Mamba, and we are the hosts of The Hate Journals, a weekly comedy podcast. We know we aren't the only ones that get annoyed by the daily grind, and lately there's a lot to be annoyed about, and we get it. Join us each week as we roast and toast all the things that we love to hate. Nothing is off limits as we rant, rave, and laugh our way through our own experiences, current events, and so much more. So tune in weekly to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on our website at thehatejournals.com. That's right, guys. Let us help you get you through your week every week with The Hate Journals podcast. We hope you enjoy. Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show, everybody. I see things a little differently. The second to last show of a very frustrating, uh, interesting, historical 2020. Um, As I record this, I already recorded the very last episode of the year, and that's already scheduled to come out on Wednesday. Um, I just want to thank everybody who's come back to the show after we took that three-year hiatus and already explained what happened. Um, so this, that's in the archives if you guys want to check that out. Um, it's just been it's been very interesting, but this has been refreshing and fun to get back to, um, challenging to really find a voice again, but at the same time, just really fun. So. Let's get into this week's news. I mean, t- this week, all the shows, I think, except for Raw, was pre-recorded. So I kind of knew what was, what was going to happen. Kind of, I saw everything. I, some people, I don't know how they did it. But, like, and I'm, 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 and I'm interested to know if anyone knows. Like, I don't want you to out yourself or anything. But, like, send me an email or a DM or something. Let me know how you, how'd you guys get access to the, the SmackDown show. As it was going on, you know, that, that's just interesting. I, 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 I still don't know how people get access to that stuff. Um, but anyways, it, I already saw most of everything anyway. So um, we're going to do our quick thoughts on Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, NXT. Um, and then we're, we're going to get to my final thoughts on the year and how in 2021 SmackDown, Raw, and Dynamite can um, be... Uh, more can be better. Um, I I didn't want to touch NXT necessarily. Um, I guess I can, but I I, I just kind of wrote those three because those are the three. I know Diamond is technically in a war with NXT. Air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll see how it feels. I go on. Let's do Raw first. Uh, Miz may have found a loophole in the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, I. 
it would be. I know people are completely against it. I would be interested interested to see if they pull a trigger. So pretty much what he said during uh, the, his segment was that he technically didn't cash in the briefcase. Uh, John Morrison did. He handed it to the referee and everything. So technically he should have it. I don't think they are going to get the briefcase back to him because that means because I just don't think they're going to have. He's not becoming world champion. To me. Those world titles are going to be around the waist of Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, at least until WrestleMania. I, I see Reigns going a lot longer, but the, Drew McIntyre is at least going to have it until, if you heard my fantasy booking I did last week, I think Keith Lee's getting that championship. Maybe that's more of me <sighs> sniffing the hopium, but either way, he's losing that championship at uh, WrestleMania, in my opinion. He's just too much in Drew McIntyre's business since he's been in the main rounds. Like, is that he's yeah, he's just too much in the business. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna get to that in a second. Um, matter of fact, we'll get to it right now. Uh, but my final thought on it is, it's an interesting story. I mean, if they did give it back to him, he would just lose it again. I don't see the purpose of that. But I mean, I guess it would give Miz and John Morrison something to do. Or be the impetus for them to split up and then have a match one-on-one. Um, if you remember the first time they split up, it was one-sided. Miz beat John Morrison at every turn. Um, I don't see that happening. I don't see it being the other way around now. I mean, they're both cold acts right now. They're both very cold acts. But um, I can see that happening. Anyways, yeah. So, Sheamus and Keith Lee are arguing all Raw. And they have to be a tag team because it's a six-man tag with Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus, which is AJ Styles, John Morrison, and The Miz. Keith Lee, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre win. The very end, uh, Sheamus hits Keith Lee with the bro kick. All of, a, all of a sudden, you see McIntyre go off on Sheamus. Hey, I trusted you. I told him you were good people. Blah, blah, blah. It's clear they're going to have a match. I don't think... Sheamus needs to win another Rumble to get a championship match. I know some people have said they were really, they really want that to be the WrestleMania match. I just, I think the way you make a new star is you put that belt on Keith Lee, you sh- you put that you give him the Royal Rumble win, you sh- and you give him that championship match. Sheamus can feud with Drew McIntyre, in my opinion, at the Royal Rumble at Elimination Chamber. He can have his two championship matches there. I think they will be good matches. Um, but we both know. We all know he Sheamus is not taking that championship off Drew, you know. So I just think if WrestleMania is going to happen, if they go, if they are going to take that because he's occupied that championship since WrestleMania, he only lost it for a few weeks to Randy Orton. He's going to pretty much have occupied that championship for a full year. I just think the way you make a new star is by being better. But to me. There has to be a reason Keith Lee's in everything. When he first comes on the main roster, he's in the middle of the Randy Orton, uh, Drew McIntyre stuff. Gets a clean win over Randy Orton. Never gets a championship match because Orton lost it on his first defense. But to me, there's a reason Keith Lee's in the middle of all this. And I think eventually it's going to explode where Keith Lee and McIntyre just go back and forth face-to-face. I don't think you need to turn Keith Lee Hill. I I mean, you can. You know, I don't think you need to. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, I have respect for you. You're the championship, but you've also been in my way since I got to the main roster. Well, including Mr. Man been in his way. But I definitely think that is this is can be a good thing 
for for my guess, like uh, for my prediction or whatever. But there's a reason Keith Lee's been in the middle of all this, with the exception of maybe a month. Ever since he came to the main roster, he's had every interaction with Drew McIntyre. I just think there's a reason for that. So um, those are my thoughts on Raw. Only things I really found interesting. Um, SmackDown. Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns had a hell of a steel cage match. To me, it was once again a handicap match, though. Um, Jay Uso handcuffs Kevin Owens to the cage. Roman slowly walks out of the cage, and as he walks out, Kevin Owens says, you're a bitch for retaining the championship like this, and blah, 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 and he just steps down. Look here. It, it, it is what it is. It's a, it was a great match, but to me, this is what it's going to be like, you know? And you're going to need someone that has actually has friends if you're going to want to take that championship off of Roman Reigns. And Kevin Owens has no friends. And it goes back to what Daniel Bryan said, the great line Daniel Bryan had a few months ago when Kevin Owens was looking for a tag team partner. And Daniel Bryan said, you have betrayed a lot of people. You know, like he has. So, like, essentially it makes sense as to why no one would come out and freaking, you know, uh, help him, you know. Um... Charlotte is once again on two shows, so she leaves for vacation or whatever she left for after being on all three shows. Now she's back on two shows with these Women's Tag Team Championships. I will have stronger thoughts about this later on in my how to make 2021 better for these three shows. So I'll kind of leave that for there, but I want to mention that, just plant that seed. I want you guys to remember that. Finally, in the main event, Big E defeats Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship in a lumberjack match, Sami Zayn had nowhere to go. Big E hit the big ending and defeated him. And get, this is his second reign with the Intercontinental Championship. This one will not be overlooked like the first. The first was a nameless, faceless baby face um, that people really didn't know unless you watched NXT. Um, I, I, you can slow roll this, and I know the the, the match I pitched was. A very extremely highly unlikely thing, but I just think if you if, if they do re-sign Brock, I don't think it would hurt to give Big E the win over Brock um, at WrestleMania. I'm, I'm sure it won't happen. I'm sure it'll be some type of intercontinental ladder match. But hey, that's what fantasy booking's about. It's about having fun and just saying, hey, who? How can you help out someone that you see big things for? Because I do think, I do believe at some point in time in 2021. Barring injury, barring a suspension of some sorts, Big E will be Universal Champion at some point in 2021. I truly believe that. So, um, and also, uh, Jey Uso lost to Daniel Bryan in the match. And then Daniel Bryan did something that I did not expect. He said, hey, I've never won the Royal Rumble. That's the next step. And he declared himself, he's the first person on all the shows to declare himself for the Royal Rumble. As we know, usually every year, about 25 people declare themselves. And then after that, um, we have those five surprises or whatever. Uh, so this is interesting. I really thought it was going to be Jay, uh, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. He's not going to win it, in my opinion. But this this will be fun, at least. You know, I think fans will be back in the crowd by then. Maybe five, 6,000 fans in that stadium. Um so we'll hear some yes chance. So I, I wonder who Roman has next. Will Kevin Owens get a third shot? I don't think he deserves it, but will he? We'll see. Um, NXT. 
the funniest thing all week was their Gargano Xmas, uh, uh, very Gargano Christmas skits. They were all hilarious. When Indy Hartwell opened the PS5 box and he was like, oh no, the PS5 is for me. And you see her face. He's like, I've bestowed something more important upon you. I hereby declare you Indy Wrestling. And then Candice LeRae says, we support you. I was like, oh my God. They are just fantastic. I loved everything about these segments. Austin Theory, uh, having the wave um, protein. It, it was hilarious. It was the funniest thing all week. Uh, what wasn't so funny for Io Shirai, at least, was uh, the return of Mercedes Martinez, who returned and essentially, I'm wrong here. It looks like they're going to get Raquel and Rhea Ripley January 6th, and then we'll have Io Shirai versus Mercedes Martinez on that day. I still think that belt's going to Raquel Gonzalez. What I think is going to happen here is a Sami Zayn. Hear me out when I say this. When Sami Zayn... First came back from injury, and him and Kevin Owens had to feud. And then they had that incredible match at back, uh, not Backlash, Battlegrounds. And I remember it because he get, uh, Sami Zayn hit uh, Kevin Owens with a hell, hell of a kick, right? I call it hell of a kick. It's just easier. And then I remember he picked Kevin's face up and said, this is the end of this. And he ran back and hit another one, and he pinned him. And I remember I was thinking to myself, dang, does that, does that pick Kevin? I remember that. I remember that. That was during like, the first day of this podcast. I remember I picked Kevin Owens for that because I didn't see the feud ending, but that was the feud ender, right? But then the next month, Finn Balor gets injured, and then Kevin Owens has the Universal Championship match he wins, and he he goes on a run, and Kevin and Sami Zayn is pretty much nothing at that point. Like he does nothing ever since he beat him, and Owens just is on TV all all the time, blah blah blah. I think this is where it's gonna be like that for Rhea Ripley. And that's why I'm hoping they do what I said, and that they should be in the Royal Rumble. I think January 6th, you have Rhea versus Raquel. This will be the thing that ends their feud. Rhea gets the win. Io gets the win over Mercedes Martinez. And then Raquel defeats Io. Because it, I mean, it doesn't really hurt her, because she's already gotten a win over her, and they've gone back and forth for months. Um, but I think that's what's going to happen here. Um, but it was good to see Mercedes Martinez back, and she definitely dodged a bullet with that, uh, retribution thing, right? Um, Timothy Thatcher and, uh, Champa, looks like they're gonna have a pit fight match that the first one with, uh, Matt Riddle and Thatcher was good, and Thatcher lost here to Leon Ruff, so I'm, I, I would have to assume that at the New Year's Bash or whatever they're calling that crap, that Timothy Thatcher's gonna finally get a win. He doesn't win very often. Um, I'm not saying that he, everybody can't be protected. I get that, but he loses a lot. So I think he definitely needs to win more than anybody. Um, my thoughts on AEW. I have no clue where this thing thing is going. I know a lot of people, a lot of people have said that things already on TV too much. I think I, I'm hoping they're building to something. I think they are. Um, I don't know what it, it's clear. They're going to do something between Sting and Darby. If you can't see that then you're blind, right? I don't know where everything else is going, though. I do agree. I don't think you should have him on TV again for a while, though. And seem, and I think he should be off TV for maybe a month or two, come back, surprise, whatever. I don't know. But if they're just going to do this with him, where he's not really saying much, he comes out for like 10 seconds, 
I don't see the point personally, but I have no clue where this thing is going. Another thing I don't know where it's going, but I think it's fantastic, and it's the only other thing on AEW I want to talk about. The Sean Spears interview, where he gets interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Schiavone says, hey, I don't know why you want me to do it. And so Spears goes on this tangent, and he rips off, uh, I think it was the necklace or whatever it was that Telly first gave him. So that pretty much ends his relationship with Telly Blanchard. And he just says that this place has glass ceilings just like the other place, just like New York. And blah, blah, blah. He just go. He, he cuts his great promo. And then Shivani says, hey, you know, maybe it's just you. I was like, oof. Oof. Oh, that's just terrible. You know? And I, he just went off on him. And they're going all the way with this. Like, he's been taking off of the AEW roster. And I don't know where they're going with this either. But I thought that was a great way to really reinsert him. Because to me, Sean Spears was in the, Him and Lance Archer felt like they were in the same boat. Like, Lance Archer came in, and then once he lost in that TNT uh, semifinal match to Cody, um, he wasn't doing anything until now where he's beefing with uh, Eddie Kingston. I feel like Sean Spears is the same thing. For a while, he was looking for a tag team partner. That got dropped for whatever reason. I mean, they do too many. That's another thing we're going to talk about later on. They do way too many tag team matches as it is. Like, way too many that are way too reliant on them. Um, I don't know where this is going, but I like it. And I do like that he may come back with a stronger attitude and maybe just a do-it-yourself attitude so looking forward to that um that's all so as far as the shows go that's all i really wanted to touch on um the rest of this stuff is kind of just news and notes that i just thought was interesting um the first thing is my thoughts on Liv morgan i know she got she's been getting a lot of praise recently and i can see our work working has gotten much better um the thing with her and Ruby Riot, I, I guess they're going to keep them in the tag team. It's kind of weird because they have these tag team championships for the women that they want to make relevant. They really do. That's why they took, that's why they broke up the Iconics just to put Peyton Royce in a tag team and have Billy Kay look for a tag team partner. Um, doesn't make any sense. I get what they're trying to do with that. I think that I get what they're trying to do with that. However, it's hurting the singles division because Asuka hasn't had a credible opponent in months. Um, I think SmackDown is a little bit healthier, but I don't. Have you guys seen Naomi? I haven't seen Naomi in a while. You know, she could be off doing something with COVID protocol. I don't know, but to me, I'm just like I. I it's really hurting their singles ranks, and. I don't want them to bleed NXT dry because NXT by far has the strongest women's division in all of pro wrestling. I don't want them to bleed them dry. However, as much as I think Tessa could do more in AEW, boy, oh boy, that main roster needs a shot in the arm and maybe Tessa can be the thing that gets on the main roster and gets a shot in the arm. Becky's not going to be back for at least another month or two, maybe even longer. Ronda Rousey, they need they need something to make them credible. I like Liv Morgan, I do. I can see her as a potential champion if she keeps up the good work. But her being stuck with Ruby and hell, Ruby's one hell of a worker as well. I don't think they'll. I don't think Vince McMahon will get her. To me, she's the female CM Punk. Well, the tattoos and piercings, and I don't like the haircut they made her get. But to me, I don't think Vince would know what to do with Ruby Ride. But I mean. I don't know what you do. I don't know where this Charlotte thing is going with Asuka. If she's going to eventually turn heel on her and they'll have a match. I hope not. 
like I said, it's just a lot going on. But what I specifically wrote about her because I know there's been a lot of chatter about her. I see potential in her. I think she can be a future women's champion. I just think they need to build a little more. And honestly, the first thing they should probably do is put those tag team championships on them. But I don't think Asuka and Flair are losing those belts for a while. I'll at least until February. I don't see them losing them. No, which could be which is a while. You know, especially since these shows can be so uh, terrifyingly long sometimes. Um, and finally, last note before you have my my final thoughts of the year. Um, Tully, uh, not Tully. I wrote Tully. Uh, Magnum T.A., who was Tessa Blanchard's stepfather, had had a very interesting interview where he said, where he spoke about Tessa. Like, Tessa's never spoken about her issue with Impact. Um, but he said he had a conversation with Tessa when she first won the men's championship, which he said he he said he, he didn't like. But he said, now that you've done this and you won this championship, you know, you need to go to them as their top performer and demand money like what their top guys being paid is what you should be being paid and so he he said he didn't give specific numbers but he said she was being paid peanuts and he his thing i know some people are going to get mad about this she technically when you that's what it was that's what jim ross would always say in the 90s they're not there, right it's about championships it's about cash right technically and even vince has said this on interviews when you have the world championship you do get paid more so now, if, since you guys decide to crown her as your world heavyweight champion, why is she still getting paid woman's money? She should be getting paid man's money, right? That's the sad. It sounds like the early 2000s and 90s when these cartoons would come out and they'll say boy toys and gun toys. It's like, it's like, it's so stupid, but but th- th- it happens. We know this, right? Like when, when they just released, I, I, and something told me to keep it, but I just didn't think. When they released how much wrestlers make, I think Becky and Charlotte are the only ones that make over a million a year. I think Sasha's at like six hundred or eight hundred thousand or whatever, blah blah blah. But the point is though, I I do think it's fair game if she says, "Hey, I'm your top performer now, your top champion." If your top paid guy is Sammy Callahan at eight thousand dollars a shot, I should get that. You know, um, if these stories are true. He's not wrong for giving her that advice. She's not wrong for not t- taking it. You know, um, they decided to put her in that feud with Sammy Callahan. And to me, that feud could have ended before they put that world championship on Sammy Callahan. But they could, they decided to keep it going. And then it built to that match earlier this year where I remember just like listening around to different people's opinions. That I very rarely do this with wrestling or anything. I kind of just like sit back and any podcast I listen to, I listen to it, and I kind of just say, okay, that's cool. And I just kind of take it for what it's worth. This situation, I literally went to different shows, even shows I don't like. I listened to like 10 or 12 different shows and just heard everyone's opinion on Because my, my thought was, damn, they put themselves in the corner. To where, if she doesn't win it, you're going to have a lot of disappointed people. But, if you do win it, if she does win it, there's going to be a lot of frustrated people. At the same time, it's going to be a very interesting spot they're putting her in. You know? Um, I just assumed they were going to do it. Because it, it was... It, it To me... This is going to be blasphemous, I know. But the feeling I got was like Austin. Like, you knew Austin was coming. So I know some people will say, Oh, when he said Austin 316, no, no, no. Dude, when he said Austin 316, he was still getting booed. 
It wasn't until like the next night and a week then that said when he got in that feud in late or mid ninety seven, and him and Shawn Michaels won those tag team championships, and and that those places were going crazy. You saw Austin coming, you just saw it. Then the next thing happened. And then he's stunning everybody from Jim Ross, Sergeant Slaughter, to Vince McMahon. It's like, oh, he's going to be the next WWE champion. Then the Montreal Screwjob happens. Then you see Shawn Michaels with titles. Like, oh, and then you see, then going into 98, there's only one person that was going to win the Rumble. Yeah, Rock was coming on, but it was clear. I remember just, I remember just talking about with, with like people I talked about with like friends or whatever. And I remember they were like, oh, I think this person's going. That's like, the only person that's gonna win is Rock, is Steve Austin. They're like, Russ, dude, he's the only one that has a chance to win. It's the only thing that makes sense. And this is before I ever read one dirt sheet or anything. It was just so clear as day. To me, that's the same vibe I got with Tessa. Like she kept coming so close, so close, and it was like, oh, they're gonna put that world champion. Like when Sammy Callahan won that world championship back, my first thought because I remember I watched them. I don't watch much TNA live or Impact, whatever you want to fucking call it. But I remember I watched that pay-per-view live because I was with somebody that it's a, all he watches is Impact. He doesn't watch anything else. He's a diehard Impact fan. Didn't teach us on. He invited me over and I said, all right, whatever. I don't care. I'm not doing anything. And I remember Sammy Callahan won it and I looked at him and I said, dude, you know what's about to happen, right? He was like, what? I was like, Tessa's going to take that world championship. He was like, think so. I was like, why would you put this belt while he's still in the, because technically he was, even though he had just beaten her, that feud wasn't over and you knew it. You knew it was far from over. And I said, they're, he's put, they're putting that championship on him in the middle of another feud. I don't know when she's going to get it. I have no fucking clue. But she's getting that world championship. And he was like, wow, that's going to be interesting. And they did. And so to me, if Telly, and I said Telly, Telly's her dad. But if um, freaking uh, Madden T.A. is to, be, to be believed, that's, that's completely fair game. You know, that's not old school. That's not new school. That's just, hey, man, break bread. You know, can we be mad at her for doing it because she's a woman or a world champion when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall have made careers of doing it? And everybody thinks their story is so cool. Along with the precious attitude errors, the precious NWO and, oh, too sweet, too sweet, you know, all this other crap. Like, these guys, other guys, these guys are holding up the, hell, Randy Orton and AJ Styles just did it. AJ Styles and Randy Orton had no, in, had no interest at all in going to AEW. They weren't going to AEW. But they went to Vince and said, hey, you know, we're going to go to AEW and make this kind of money. Well, I guess we got to sign them up, give them a blank check. Can we be mad at this woman if she's being paid, let's say, $2,000 a shot? And then she says, hey, your highest paid guy is $8,000. I'm now your highest paid talent, along with that person. If that's to be true, I can't knock that, man. I've always thought there were more to that story. She's she's She hasn't talked about it. I'm sure she's taking her time on her move. Here's the thing about her. I can see her being in both companies, though. Because, see, to me, Tessa Blanchard seems like the kind of talent... I don't think she'll ever get away with being a Mercedes Martinez or Kota Ibushi where she can just go freely. But she's going to be very unhappy in both situations and at some point in time. I think she'll I think she'll sign with WWE before she signs with AEW, though. I really do. Um, but, you know, she won't be able to get away with a lot of stuff. So hopefully she goes there with the right mindset. 
Um, she's gonna have hell of matches. She's gonna have. Imagine her versus Bianca, her versus Ronda, Sasha, Charlotte, uh, Becky, Bailey, uh, Rhea, uh, Tony Storm, um, Io. I mean, this is just gonna be. She has a plethora of women to work with. Um. So, but if this is to be, if this is if this interview is to be believed by Magnum, and I do believe him, um, she's not wrong at all. Yeah, I get it. Some people say, well, she was asked to do. That. Yeah, I get it. Once again, it's same thing. Fleur did. He he was asked to give. No, I'm not doing that. A lot of wrestlers have refused to give have refused to give belts back. You know, so you know they say, hey, or, or, or not, not. It's not just even about the belts, but hey, I refuse to do a job until we get this money right. I can't knock it. Like, I, I guess funny because like when I when I do shows or have things going on, a lot of times like I'm talking to people and I'm like, hey, let's. I, I've always said this. Hey, let's do two weeks. Let's do two weeks to see if we'll even get along. I make a little bit of money. I help you reach your bottom line for those two weeks. Then we come back and see if we can work together. I do that all the time, you know. So, anyways, those are my thoughts for that. Let's get to some final thoughts of the year. The state of Raw, the state of SmackDown, the state of Dynamite going into the new year. First, let's hit Raw. To me, the state of Raw is terrible. It's not even about ratings. Yeah, that's a part of it. But to me, the state of Raw is so boring. It's hard to. It's, this is proof that a three-hour live television show just does not work. Period. It never leaves you wanting more. If anything, it leaves you wanting a lot less. The state of Raw can be better, though. They have some of the greatest talent they've ever had. One, and I know that report was debunked about the darker uh, USA wanting the darker, uh, grittier storylines. It's just this is once more mature stuff as far as just like hey less 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 humor at least. I agree, Matt Riddle. You have a comedy character on there named R Truth. You should you don't need twenty of them. You don't need Matt Riddle to do that. Matt Riddle can be an ass kicker. Matt Riddle could be a guy that we see him have great matches and evolve with the likes of Keith Lee. He should be alongside these guys, pushing your company forward to the best way possible. Um. Some of the notes I have on Raw. The focus at the top of the card this year, going to 2021, needs to be Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, and Sheamus. Those guys need to be somehow involved in top-tier main event feuds throughout all of 2021. Period. Continue to focus on the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business, everyone in the Hurt Business has gold now. I don't consider MVP that because he's their manager. Keep them strong. Keep them going. They, they are one of the best parts of the show. I love what they're doing with her business. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Uh, give the fiend a clear direction. I get he's a baby face and he just got burnt to a crisp. He can't be a baby face. You know, said so that's just weird that someone who's manipulating women's minds is a, is considered a baby face. That's not a thing. That should never be a thing. That never will be a thing. Give the fiend a clear direction. Give Bray Wyatt a clear direction and just move forward. He can always. He doesn't need to be a babyface or a heel. He can just be a tweener, someone that some fans are going to cheer for no matter what. Because we have sick people out there, and some people are going to be like, "Dude, that's just too much." Like he's just freaking me out. You, you get what I'm saying? Um, and lastly, keep Charlotte the hell away from the Raw and Women's and NXT World Championships. 
at least until the end of the year. If that's the case, you want to put the belt back on her that badly and break all these records, then cool. But I, I believe she's a 12 or 13 time women's champion as it is. Keep her the hell away. She's a Grand Slam champion now, winning the tag team championships. Keep her away. You can keep her in decent feet. Like I said, it's going to help if they get Tessa, if they get Becky back, if they get Ronda back. I don't need to see her and Becky fight, but her and Tessa and her and uh, Ronda can be gold. We know that. You know, it comes down to, in my opinion, just keeping her at a direction where she's at mid-card this entire... Just cool her, cool her off for a little bit. And on top of that, she is a terrible, terrible, terrible baby face. Her and Randy Orton are the worst baby faces. They just, it just doesn't look good. It just looks phony. Period. State of SmackDown. The main event scene, to me, is going to be, is, is one of the best things about wrestling in general. And to me, the way to make things better with them, their mid-card needs to be stronger. Their women's division, like Raw, needs to be stronger. And their tag team division, like Raw, needs to be stronger. But I'm going to focus on the mid-card here. Because we already know the problems with the women. We've already touched on that. To me, the mid-card, they've, they've taken a step with Sami Zayn, in my opinion. And, and and the Intercontinental Championship. This year, they've, to me, they showed focus on it. Sami Zayn had a kind of an okay match at Mania with Daniel Bryan. Then he went off because of COVID. He came back, they had this grueling, fun Intercontinental title tournament with a great finals match. So now you have AJ Styles, Intercontinental Champion, Daniel Bryan in the mix, Jeff Hardy in the mix, mix. now Sami Zayn comes back. To me, that Intercontinental Championship has felt important, I would say, from June till now. So that last half of the year. Continue to keep that up. Big E is now your Intercontinental Champion. You could have some great matches, great feuds with him. This leads to my other point. I'm more serious, Big E. We know he can be funny. We know he's charismatic. We know he can be entertaining in the WWE format where he makes corny jokes. Let's see a more serious side. We don't, we know he can do the pancake shit. He's done it for six years. He will do it again. Let's get him serious because he is going to be Universal Champion at some point. He will be, and we're gonna need him serious if he's gonna be on the same level or even seen to be, or even or, or even wanting to be taken seriously as a threat to this new and improved Roman Reigns. Like to me, Big E can be that, but as Roman Reigns keeps saying, there there are levels to this, and he needs to be on that level. And by the time he gets that Universal Championship, fans will be back in the building. And so we need him to be the Batman to the freaking Roman Reigns Joker slash Riddler, whatever you want, villain you want to use. And that, those are my real thoughts on there. The last thing I'll say about SmackDown and Raw, I'll combine these two. Keep part-timers the hell out of the main event and away from your championships. The only part-timer I want to see even anywhere near Roman Reigns, which probably shouldn't happen until WrestleMania 38, is The Rock. And that's because we know the history, the stories will tell itself, the bloodline will work. Keep the part-timers on the mid-card or as special attractions. Keep them the hell away from your championships and your prize fighters. I don't care 
what those old school rules say. At the end of the day, your guys that you're banking on for your future need more respect, need more time, need more of more faith, less of that. When I say that, I mean part-timers. Last but not least, Dynamite. Dynamite was a very strong show. Not every show is going to be perfect. Once again, when you're, you're, you're running, running weekly TV. It's not, every show is... Dude, I remember uh, I had when I finally realized the formula. NCIS used to be one of my favorite shows, and I remember I had seen the formula finally. I remember I was like I was like nine, eight or nine seasons in, and um, I can't remember exactly what happened, so don't quote me. But it was whatever season was like it was like this big event, and like one of the major characters died. I was like, holy shit, they killed her or him. I remember I saw it on Netflix and I started like watching pieces back before the season started. And I said, to, I looked at my my ex at the time, and I was like, Yo, have you noticed? Like episode one is really important. Episode two was the fallout from episode one and episode twenty four and twenty three. But really, the only episodes you need to watch are episodes twenty three, twenty four, episodes one and two. And then you have sprinkled in there little Easter eggs, but for the most part, they're all standalone episodes with Easter eggs dropped in. It's like watching Marvel movies, right? It's like watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Like you're not going to see them collaborate with with a Thor or whoever very often. It'll be the the end credit scene that puts the pieces together, like Captain Marvel and stuff. That's how the, that's how that show is. And I remember she was like, "Yeah, that's how most shows." I said, "I didn't even realize it because I was just a fan of the show." You know, to me, sometimes, and I start realizing, like, oh, this show's focused on this character. I'm not interested in this character enough to watch a whole show about it. So I wouldn't watch that show. And guess what? I didn't miss anything because they was a standalone show. That happens. You know, I still think it's a strong show. To me, they rely, as, as opposed to WWE, where they have no tag teams, Dynamite AEW relies on tag teams way too much. It's always a six-man tag, 20-man tag, 30-man tag, 40-man tag. It's always like tag team, tag team, tag team. They needed to like lay off of that. Like, dude, if if someone's sniffing the hopium, they got to tag team them. <laughs> they just sniff it so much. Like, it's too much. It becomes overkill. Single matches can be okay. I do understand they get a lot more people on television because of that. But to me, this leads to my other point. They have done a great job with building people on AEW Dark. I know not everybody watches it. I don't even get a chance to watch it very much. A lot of times, Jonathan Esther and fans of the show are telling me, hey, you know, have you seen the AEW Dark thing? I'm like, nah. People will tell me, like, will send me emails or messages paragraphs long about what's going on with certain storylines on AEW Dark. So then I may, if, if I'm able to watch it, I'll squeeze in that, just that particular part of the story. And I'm like, dude, they're doing a great job. Like, Abaddon was mainly, after she, she got hurt for a while, but she was mainly on Dark. That's where her record comes from. And now she looks like a credible threat to Sheeta. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if she's going to win that. I, I, must, I would have to think she's going to win that championship. Because Sheeta's had it for a long time. She's the longest running AEW Women's Champion at the moment. I would think Abaddon's going to get that belt. Um, but to me, they've continued to use AEW Dark the right way, the springboard talent that doesn't always get on television. To me, that's great, but they need to less rely on the tag team division. That's not a thing that they need to do. Another thing is, going back to Sting, do not put Sting on TV every week. Try to. I'm okay with things not being predictable. 
try to make some things predictable, though. Like, you have Sean Spears and, and Sting storylines going on, and nothing, no one knows where any, any of these stories are going. No one. It's just crazy. Um, obviously, stronger women's division. I'm telling you, I really think Tessa Blanchard could do more in AEW as far as helping out other women talent as well as herself. I just don't see the marquee matchups that she's probably going to want uh, as a, a WWE. You know what I'm saying? And she can have those matches in NXT and on the main roster. So that's the, the, the biggest difference there. And the very last thing I'll say is about uh, Dynamite or AEW. Keep Kenny Omega on top for most, if not all, the year. What they're doing is fantastic. I, I To me, Impact is seeing some, some great success right now. And by them working with other promoted promotions, it's only gonna get bigger. You know, it's only gonna be more. It's only gonna be more eyeballs on the product and making things fresh. Um, fans who have never got a chance to see the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega team because they were all in Bullet Club together, now they'll get a chance to see it hard to kill. So, to me, this will make things a lot, a lot better. So these are these are just my suggestions for 2021. Who's going to listen to me? I know, but to me, this is, these, these are some good things. So anyways, uh, you will hear me say this again on Wednesday show, but have a good new year. Be safe. I will talk to you guys with the match of the month next month. As it's recording, I have no fucking idea what that is, <laughs> but, uh, I will have a match of the month out next Sunday. So thank you guys for having me for the end of this year. I will see you all next year. That's it for us. We are out. Ouch.